Welcome to the Mimi B Podcast. I'm your host, Mimi Bouchard, and this podcast is designed to help you become the best version of yourself possible. This podcast will motivate you and give you the tools that you need to get to where you want to be. All right, everyone. Thank you to Mercedes and Jade for coming on the Mimi B Podcast. I am so excited to have you both on today. For everyone that does not know who these two beautiful ladies are, they are from the Magic Hour podcast, a whole philosophy, spirituality podcast, and I'm really excited that we connected. Our agent has actually connected both of us, and yeah. um, so excited to talk to both of you. So welcome to the show, and I'm so happy that we can see each other right now. I know that everyone <laughs> listening on like Apple Podcasts and stuff is just audio, but I'm starting to do more face-to-face and I feel like it's always so much nicer. So welcome. Thanks yeah, for thanks for us. having us. <laughs> so should we just kind of get right into how you guys started your podcast, your brand, and how both of you kind of uniquely found spirituality and your love for thinking, I guess, outside of the box? Sure. Yeah. Jay, do you want to kick it off? As far as my own... Um, awakening when it comes to spirituality. I grew up in a really tumultuous childhood, a lot of abuse, a lot of violence, um, ended up on the streets by 14 and um, kind of had that going on for a couple of years, then was adopted by a super religious family at 16. And um, that kind of, even though it was a religious family, you know, it was a lot of faith talk and things like that. So that kind of opened up my mind a lot. And then when I left there, um, I had a a couple of mentors come in my life that luckily um, opened up that door even more for me. And, um, you know, started watching documentaries and reading books like we all do when we start having those, um, those feelings inside of us popping up and then um, did some volunteer work uh, in other countries. And that really popped my bubble and was like a reality check of despair. And um, so that opened up in me just wanting to make a big difference. And um, around that time is when I met Mercedes, we were ring girls for a fight league, uh, which was really fun and such a cool journey because we were, you know, going all over the country. And, um, you know, we were with each other more than we were home, basically, for a while there. So um, we got super close. We were, um, we were really different in a lot of ways. And so, um, we really complimented each other a lot. And, um, I ended up leaving the fight league once I had my first child. And, um, around that time, it was really only the Joe Rogan podcast that I feel like people listened to or knew about. And, uh, but there were a couple of MMA shows that we would frequent. And every time I would go on an MMA show, I would get messages of like, man, your story helped me so much. And now I feel like I can get through, you know, what I'm going through. And that just made me feel so um, purposeful. And so I thought, well, I wonder if there's a way for me to like, maybe I can start a podcast and like that be how I um, make a difference. Uh, but there was always the feeling of, yeah, but later, because right now I'm really tired or right now I'm really busy. And then after like a couple of years of thinking later, um, I just thought, I'm just going to try it now. And um, my soul instantly said Mercedes. And so I reached out to her and um, we, we hadn't talked about it yet, but um, it was a pipe dream for her as well. And so I'll let her tell her side of the story. But um, yeah, so it's been about two years now. And like you said, we we basically talk about philosophy and spirituality and um, also, you know, a lot of like masculine and feminine 
you know, things and uh, self-growth tools and healing and things with experts that have really, I feel like aided in my journey and been kind of like a weekly therapy session. So um, now I'm able to get those weekly emails from people saying, you know, what a difference it's made in their lives. And it's been one of the best, the best lights in my own life as well. So. Wow. That is so cool. And so I love stories that help people. Like I, I just love hearing that because, you know, just being so honest and raw about your experience, like it, it's so impactful for so many people that don't really have that voice to, to speak up. Right. Mm-hmm. So I would love to hear your side, Mercedes, um, of your story, how you guys kind of created this and maybe even a bit of insight on your journey with, you know, life and personal development. Yeah. I think my story really starts, of course, as all of ours do as a young child, but I won't bring <laughs> too much of, of the, the highs and lows of, of, what brought me to, I guess, who I am today. But um, I'd say, unlike Jade, I didn't have this this overt type of abuse and, and violence that was happening in my household, but I did have the um, more psychological side of things that was rough, you know, getting through, figuring out, you know, I had a divorced family and that type of thing. So it was a struggle for me growing up, figuring out who I was and how I was going to be able to what I thought what my duty was, was to take care of my parents, take care of my sisters, um, take care of my friends. Like I was the take care of person, you know, always responsible. And so figuring out how to juggle that. And also I got to be independent and, you know, all the social pressures that were coming at me, every angle as just a a female in this world, um, I think really got me to a place at a very young age where I was just struggling with, what is life all about? Why is this all this pressure? Like, what is this all really for? And so I started having what I call now um, awakenings, or at the time I called them breakdowns. Um, And Mm -hmm. now I think even the better term for them is really uh, existential paralysis. Because for me, the questioning, like the self-questioning came through existential questioning for me. Um, I was born to a family of my dad was like science based. He's a chemist who's like total atheist, you know, science nerd. And then my mom, who I came from living in my grandparents' house with my family, um, originally Catholic upbringing, like super, super hardcore Catholics. Uh, my mom's a little more woo woo, like spiritually wise. She, she grew up in a Catholic household, obviously, with my grandparents being that strict. And so between those two like contradicting, you know, mindsets, I had to figure out how to navigate the world with this idea of, is there a God? Is there not a God? You know, so spirituality has always been a really major part of my life, whether I was resisting it and angry at dogma and angry at religion and all these things that come with it. And especially the shame for me, I was shamed a ton when I was a kid, especially by my Catholic side, right? Um, Seems to come with that dogma for some reason, (laughs) unfortunately. But then I had this other place to play that was shown to me too, where I could see that there was a world where you kind of make it up as you go and you figure it out along the way and you really just do your best to sort through it all with intense questioning. And so then that became my 
one of my dogmas, you know, like questioning. And I think that that, you know, if we fast forward these existential paralysis moments, like the one, the first one I had was like of 11, I remember not going to school for like two weeks because I was bawling for weeks at a time, um, not being able to answer the questions like, why am I here? What is this all for? What is my purpose? Is there a God? My dad being the person I happened to be in his house at the moment when that happened for me. And his answer was, I don't know, Sadie, like, sorry, but I don't know. And, you know, he doesn't have answers because he lives in that gray area as an atheist. Um, So for me, just trying to find answers became my goal. It was like, okay, the purpose I'm going to stick with for now that's going to get me through this so that I can like not be in this mental chaos 24 seven is, and I literally assigned myself a purpose, which is interesting for an 11 year old to to do, but I, I had no other option. You know, I was desperate literally. And so assigning myself this purpose of questioning of, okay, I will be, you know, this one little tiny increment of the species that chips away at this major question that we all have and can't answer. There's got to be an answer somewhere. There's got to be something that makes you feel like you can hold this vast existential question, right? And so that's kind of where my journey took off. And and I hit a lot of road, you know, a lot of bumps in the road along the way um, where I had, you know, further breakdowns in other directions, further uh, dark, dark night, nights of the soul, whatever you want to call them, but all these obstacles. And that would usually bring me to seek in some direction. So whether it be like a book that it guided me to, and then I'd start diving into this philosophy and then, you know, the next obstacle or, you know, rock bottom, I like to call them, would guide me to the next um, place to seek, whether it be uh, TED Talks and YouTube videos and whatever it was that I was gaining this information from. But Jade was doing a lot of that on her own at the same time. So, you know, Jade kind of walked you through the story of how we met and all that. So this is, you know, my life in, in in a nutshell is kind of this questioning and getting to this point where, I had soaked up so much of that because of my own personal desperation and wanting to become a full spectrum human, you know, what I, I like to call it remembering. So all the different members that belong in, in my body, right? Like all my personalities, all the parts of my personalities that have come through these domestications that make me, me, I was attempting to, to reconfigure them into this whole person I call myself. Um, And as I was doing that, Jade was kind of doing a lot of the same thing on her end, you know, seeking in her own directions. And I think when we came to the place where she called and said, hey, I'm thinking of doing a podcast. Is that something you'd want to join me on? It was like, so we were so ready for it. You know what I mean? Like ready to give the world what we had learned or at least hold space on a platform um, to talk to people from all walks of life, these experts, the people who we've had on our podcast, I have no idea. It's like by the grace of, you know, the divine universe or something that they've aligned with us, but really, uh, they're here to speak truth to whoever's ready to listen. And we're just holding space for that on our platform because it's been so powerful in both of our lives, like seeking and just seeking in whatever direction you feel called and the answers that come from that are, it's like, yes, it's always, it's always exactly what you need because that's the direction you're going anyway. So with the podcast, it was really just like obvious for us. Like we just wanted to 
create a place where people could come do the hard work and maybe get through those bumps in the road that we had both confronted a little more gracefully, a little more easier, at least have a place to come and listen to experts in that realm, you know, from, like I said, all walks of life, whether it's psychologists, of course, we interview a lot of psychologists and we deep dive, deep dive, that's hard to say, (laughs) (laughs) deep dive into psychology all the time because it's something that's so, um, I think, we're both so passionate about and it's so critical and luckily we're taking a turn now in society where mental health has become um, something we're talking about more It's less taboo, which is so beautiful, but you know, being a place where we can talk, talk about topics that are super taboo or that are just left unsaid in a place that feels really safe. There's no shame, uh, like no shame available. Um, And give our listeners a place to also ask their questions. You know, we ask questions from our listeners on every show. And so just kind of full circle, bringing it all the things that we were seeking for and couldn't find all the things that we're seeking for now and are, you know, being aligned with these different experts that we have on the show to explore with. Um, And then all the things that our listeners bring up that they want to also touch on. And it's us giving back in the way that also fills us up. So yeah, that's how, that's how it happened. (laughs) I love it. I love talking to people that have their own podcasts because they really know how to like explain things in a way. And like you, (laughs) you guys are good at explaining stories and, and, and topics. And it's, that's really nice to hear. I love that. Thank Um, you. I actually really appreciate you saying that because I think one of our biggest struggles in starting the podcast, we both felt we weren't mm-hmm. um, articulate enough or we were you know, worried about people thinking we're not intelligent enough and all these things that yeah. you have to push through when you have a public show. It's like, yeah. fuck it, do it, you know? You gotta <laughs> you do it. To. Yeah, for sure. And also, if your first product is good, then you started too late. So yeah, totally. the trick is oh, I like that. I never, right? I've never heard that before. That's good. Yeah, that's kind of my philosophy of everything. <laughs> you just got to start and yeah. then adjust and go and it just pushes you, you know? So I want to hear about both of your biggest just like beliefs. Like, you know, what, what do you guys see as the truth? Like, what are your spiritual philosophy is um what do you live your life by you know on my show we talk a lot about energies law of attraction manifestation more of that kind of stuff um and i'm i'm still kind of in my learning journey and i'm so open-minded to everything i love to learn i you see right next to my bed here i have all my books like i'm always learning about stuff and i'm always super curious so i'd love to hear both of your you know, I guess, thoughts on, on what philosophies you live by, what truths that you know to be true um, in your existence, and how you use spirituality in your day-to-day life to get what you want to live how you want, and uh, so on and so forth. So shall we start with Jade again? Sure. Um, that's such a big question. I think that, like Mercedes, I kind of make myself like a human guinea pig with growth tools. Like I'll pretty much try anything if it means that I'm going to be my better self uh, through it. And um, so I, I feel like in the last couple of years, especially I've tried a lot of different methods. What has worked best for me would be two things. Um, One thing would be plant medicine. Um, I've done 
somewhere around 20 ceremonies with plant medicine. And uh, I just feel like it's really rewired my brain. Um, I've, I've always struggled with depression and anxiety throughout my entire life. But the way that the difference now is uh, now when it hits, it, it's like if it's like I can take notice of it and not get so engulfed in it to where like, this is going to be life forever. And the other thing is with plant medicine is like, it's hard to explain. I I don't know if y'all talk about plant medicine a lot on your show um, or not. Do you, or are you talking about um, doing like ayahuasca and shrooms and stuff? Yeah. All different types. I think maybe it's been a couple times than 200 plus episodes I've done, but this is something that I want to talk about because I haven't. And I'm, I don't use drugs. Like when I, when I, when I was younger and I went through a party phase, I did. So I've never used drugs in a healing form. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I have no experience with it, but I, I've heard a lot of stories of people mm-hmm. that have had amazing experiences and it does open up new, you know, places in your mind. So it'd be yeah. really cool to hear about your experience with that. Yeah. So, um, so I think the biggest thing for me with, with the plant medicine was um, not only how it helped me work through anxiety and depression when it would hit, um, but it, I feel like it, the reason why I asked if you had talked about it before is because it's so hard to explain what happens, but it's like, you really feel like a rewiring of your brain. And, um, you know, I'm not sure if that's something that happens with the neurotransmitters or um, things like that. But I know for me prior to plant medicine, I would see certain things like random things like a hammer or a certain shaped knife or even like something like dog poop on the side of the, you know, on the side of the running trail I was on. And it would immediately send me like the image of whatever trauma that had in my childhood. So I would see the hammer and I would, I would get this like flashback of like my father chasing me with one, or I would see the knife and I would see this flashback of what my mom did with the knife that looked like that. Um, and so like really, you know, traumatic memories would come back, but it would, um, it would affect my emotional state, uh, emotional state for the rest of the day. Now, um, after, after doing plant medicine and it wasn't just like a snap of the fingers the first time, but after working with plants for a while, um, after maybe a few sessions, um, I started to notice that when I would see those images that wouldn't happen anymore. So it was, it was that that's the best example I can give of like how I feel like it really did rewire my brain because I couldn't really control how my thoughts would just go in that direction prior. Um, so it kind feel- of changed your, sorry to interrupt you quickly, but I just to kind of go over that, it kind of changed your conditions of thinking of certain things when you saw certain triggers. It like changed that condition like in your mind. I feel like it cleaned out my brain in a way. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a hard thing to describe, but yeah, I feel like it really like cleaned out my brain and removed trauma responses in a way. And I, I, think- I would, I would love to interject just because I've been, I've sat with you through so much podcasting, um, Mm -hmm. where we've relived a lot of these experiences, um, for you with, uh, whether it be through a therapist, yeah, healer and shamans that, you know, you work with, with your plant medicines, we've actually interviewed as well. So just as an outside perspective and, and Mimi to catch up speed on, on my piece on this is I don't experiment with plant medicines myself yet. I like to say yet Mm -hmm. because it makes Jade smile. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, but I, 
really focus on the psychology of it. And for me, you know, I use, I use maybe more traditional methods like talk therapy and uh, doing my own journaling and deep diving. And Jade does those things as well too. But I think from my experience, just to, to articulate it further, of watching Jade through the time that she's been doing the plant medicine, because I knew her before she started and I've known her, you know, through all of it. And she'd report into the podcast, like this week, I'm doing my 10th session with ayahuasca or wachuma or whatever it was. And um, each time we'd get to see how it opened up her psyche. And I think to speak to what she's talking about, where these traumas, you know, something would come up that would trigger a trauma where if you think about a PTSD patient or someone like that, who, when a trauma is triggered, they're in the midst of the emotion that comes with that trauma and they can't see outside of it. So therefore they're reacting from an emotional state that is triggered by the trauma. Right. So we know that about, you know, vets, uh, uh, military vets are obvious, an obvious example of that, but everybody is suffering some form of PTSD from their own traumas. So in Jade's case, I heard her articulate or with therapists heard her articulate um, that these traumas come up, but because the medicine is there, the medicine actually, and when I talk about medicine, I'm talking about plant medicine here, acts as a buffer so that she can see it from outside of mm-hmm. the emotion. So mm-hmm. uh, you've probably heard about PTSD patients right now working in conjunction with therapists using psilocybin. So that's mushrooms, yeah. right? So psilocybin does exactly that, which is obviously a plant medicine. It comes from a mushroom, which is a plant, um, a fungi, I guess, technically. <laughs> and that gives you what, what sometimes we call mindfulness gap or the ability to see something from a bit of a distance. You can have a conscious response to it instead of an emotional reaction. So I think for Jade, uh, what I've heard from her a lot of the time was that she finally saw a trauma for what it was, a trauma that happened at this other time, not the pattern that she's going to continue running for the rest of her life because she can't see it that clearly because she's stuck in the emotion of it. Does that make sense? That makes so much sense. Yeah. That's such a great picture for me to just imagine, like, you know, I don't know much about plant medicine. So to hear that from you, that it just kind of takes you out of being in your head and it kind of takes from my um, understanding of your description kind of takes you out from in your head and you see it from a different perspective almost. So yeah. Which I think also yeah. gives you a lot of self-compassion. So then you start to actually when you are in the midst of, you know, going into a trauma response or a heavy trigger, you, you're a little bit more patient with yourself, which makes a huge difference because if you are being hard on yourself, when you're going through a hard time, it's, you know, makes it just so much more harder. So, um, so I think it gives a lot of self-compassion and then you just become so much more aware of, okay, I'm reacting this way because that trauma is being poked and not actually because this is a big deal. So, um, and like Mercedes said, you know, journaling and therapy um, it are very powerful tools. I think that um, for me, I just really had this, I, like, I get very hyper-focused on things and I was like hyper-focused on healing and I wanted to like speed it up. And it was like in one ceremony, I would feel like I had done years of therapy and like gained a lot of understanding on myself. Um so that has been the biggest tool in my life. And uh, I think the second and um, most useful tool would be um, having a really honest and uh, conscious community. So I think that 
it was easy to be comfortable and not like numb myself when I was around friends that weren't really talking about a higher awareness and that weren't holding me accountable and pointing out, you know, areas that I could grow or, or pointing out the, like the beauty that they saw in me because it wasn't, it just, it wasn't very, um, in-depth conversations. It wasn't, we weren't really seeing each other for who we really were. And when I really um, chose to surround myself and and ask, you know, started calling those people in, it made all the difference in my life because not only are those people seeking to grow and it's like, you know, the iron sharpening iron and I'm like benefiting off their growth while they're benefiting off mine, but they, and you know, they add so much beauty to my life, but they also, when I go to them, they call me on my shit. They don't just um, take my side. It's not just an echo chamber. They really tell me like, I think that where, where you can grow with this is this. And then, you know, my experience becomes an opportunity for growth instead of just like a vicious cycle of like, I'm constantly going to my friends about the same old, same old. And we're just going out and having drinks to like forget about it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and so, um, which is needed sometimes, by the way. Yeah. Not <laughs> to shame anyone doing that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. And, and also just having friends that um, that are really on the growth path has made a huge difference because they're constantly opening up new perspectives to me. And I, I, I honestly don't know who I would be without the people in my circle. So um, I think those are my two strongest tools. And, um, as far as beliefs, I've gotten really comfortable with saying, I don't know, like I really, cause like I grew up in such a religious background that like, we had to be so certain that heaven was this and hell was this, and this is how you got there. And this is how you got here. And I've gotten, we talk about one of our slogans on the show is like journeying into the gray. And so I've really gotten comfortable with just like really not knowing what is for sure what's you know certain and that's what i enjoy about our show too is that we have on people from all walks of life we had on a pastor one week and the next week we had on someone who her whole theme is is the archetype of the sacred slut so i really enjoy like seeing both sides of the coin and you know changing my belief system constantly so i mean what i believe right now not to say that like it's so fragile. My belief system is so fragile that like you throw a stone at it and I believe something else, but I'm constantly adding to it and, um, and growing in that area. And yeah. (laughs) Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying this episode with Jade and Mercedes. I'm just going to hop on here and tell you a little bit about one of our longtime sponsors for the Mimi B podcast, Skillshare. So Skillshare is an online learning community that offers creative classes designed for real life. I've been loving taking the freelance and entrepreneurship classes that they offer as I'm always really interested in learning more about business. There's actually a class called Turning Ideas into High Growth Businesses by this guy named Guy Kawasaki and I've been watching it in my spare time. I've been trying to figure out how I can expand my business, expand the Mimi method to new communities, and it's actually really taught me a lot. So Skillshare is very valuable, especially during this time where people are at home more than ever. Learning is an essential part of success. So truly, highly recommend you guys check it out. As a member, you get unlimited access to thousands of inspiring classes with hands-on projects from a community of millions. 
So explore your creativity now and get two free months of premium membership at Skillshare.com forward slash MP for Mimi V podcast. That is two whole months of unlimited access to thousands of classes for free. So get started and join today by heading to Skillshare.com forward slash MP. That is two free months of unlimited access to thousands of classes at Skillshare.com forward slash MP. Now let's get right back to the episode. Love it. I love that so much. And so, you know, I love how honest you are because I think so many people, especially, you know, that have gone through their own growth, like, and including me sometimes, I'll just be like, oh, I know that this is the truth of all. And then sometimes mm-hmm. I change my mind. And, mm-hmm. you know, so it's definitely very commendable that you just, you're like, yeah, I don't know everything, but I know this so far. And, you know, I am still on my journey. And, and I, that's very cool. And, you know, the spiritual journey is one that I'm really just embarking on, like, over the past year, I would say, like, I've always been pretty involved um, in my curiosity around it. But I, I'm doing, you know, weekly sessions with my intuitive coach. And I'm just like, mm. I'm really trying to uh, delve into it a bit more and see the magic of it. Um, so what about you, Mercedes? What, what are kind of your top philosophies? And how do you use them in your life? Yeah, so the things that I've come back to over and over again, and that feel true in every time I come to them. Um, I like to use, I like to use this phrase from Paul Selig, who's someone we've had on the show repeatedly because he's, he's a, he's an amazing channel, um, a medium, I guess you can call him. He says, what's true is always true. And I believe you can like feel truth when you say it. And if you don't, then you got to look deeper, you know, figure out what's, what's the truth underneath. Um, And so when I say this phrase, a lot of people have a response, have a a negative response, or they definitely have a resistance to it. And what it is, is everyone is doing the best they can from their specific domestications. And I think so many people do not want to accept that. Even my husband doesn't want to accept that, you know, Um, but I know it's true because it's the, it's, there is no other way. So I'll say it again. Everyone is doing the best they can from their specific domestications. And if you can believe that everyone is doing the best they can in every moment, considering who, you know, all the obstacles in their life they've come through, all the teachings in their life they've come through to be the person they are today. Or in other words, you could say you would be doing exactly what that person was doing if you had had their identical domestications. That's hard to believe, but once you can understand that that is truth, it changes your life in an instant because suddenly you can have compassion for every single person because of, you know, that their truth is they are doing the very best that they can considering. Um, This goes for the, you know, the worst criminal, the pedophile. I mean, all the darkest people you can think about as as well as all the brightest lights in the world. And so understanding that for me, it might sound simple to you. You probably already get that, you know, depending on the type of person you are. But I think for me, that was a critical point where I realized I had been projecting what I wanted the world to look like from my own perspective, which comes through my own domestications. When I say domestications, it means conditioning, you know, my own, my own set of obstacles and, and highlights. And 
because I'd been projecting onto the world that I wanted it to look this way and that I wanted this person in, you know, in my relationship to act this way and this person to act this way and such, it, I was suffering because of course they weren't going to, because I was putting a projection onto them. It was not who they actually were. So accepting the fact that they are doing the best they can from where they're coming from gives me some freedom to allow others to do what what they will at their own will instead of trying to control everybody. So that really helped um, ease my own suffering and also give compassion to others, empathy to others and meet them where they're at, which is like so, so critical. And so I think underrated because we want to be in control so much as little humans. I know I'm speaking for myself as a control freak. We want to be in control so much that we create these stories and fantasies and projections and we create our own suffering by doing so. Um, Mm -hmm. Not that you can't escape to a fantasy here and there, but you got to check back in with the reality and realize the people in front of you for who they are and not for your, you know, fantasy you projected onto them and keep going, why aren't you showing up for the way that I know you could be your potential, blah, blah, blah. These are all projections. So that's, did you want to, say something on that? No, I just want to say you're so right. Like, you know, and what you said there, you know, people are doing the best with what they have. Like I've heard that a few times before too. And it's just so true. You can't control people and you need to let people figure it out in their own way. And it's something I've definitely had to deal with as well. You know, I'm always, well, not always, but I've been totally critical of people that I love in my life saying, you should do this, you should do that. But at the end of the day, they're doing the best with, the, with what they have, you know, yeah. with what they yeah, have. Yeah, and it's hard because so. you justify it with like, that's right. coming from a place of love. Yeah. Totally. You know? But yeah, you say, well, my intentions are, are only positive for you, but we know that the road to hell is paved in good intentions mm-hmm. because it's also paved in projections. I think that word projections is really powerful when we can figure out how that works into our life and how we're trying to control others. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the the back end of that little piece is, that mantra of hurt people, hurt people, or hurting people, hurt people, however you want to say it. But basically just knowing that if someone is, you're witnessing someone in your life trying to cause you pain, or it seems as though that they are going out of their way to do something that would cause you pain, you have to know, this is another truth, you know, this is what's true is always true. They are in pain. They are hurting somewhere. And it's not to say, oh, well, forgive them and keep them in your life and coddle them or anything like that. It may be to cut them out completely and move on with your life, but give them the forgiveness of, I know you're hurting. You did that out of a place that wasn't authentic to who you are, your full spectrum human, your inner watcher, however you want to say it. Um, and let it, and let it be at that. And just remember that when people do things that are terrible to other people, um, it's coming from a place of pain. So we have to figure out what the healing is. You know, we don't have to figure it out for them. We have to look at our own shit. Like where are we being hurtful to other people? And therefore where are we experiencing pain that needs to be healed and then go Mm -hmm. after that. So that's been a really critical part of, of my spiritual awakening really. And uh, my ability to build compassion and empathy, which I think I haven't always been great at. Um, And then I asked this question that came actually through one of one of our guests, one of our favorite guests, Peter Crone on the show. And he says, 
who am I in the absence of all my concerns? So like, this is a question I try to ask myself daily. So who am I in the absence of all my concerns? And that question is so hard to even hold because you're like trying to escape it with every, I mean, in every angle, you will try to escape that question, you know, like, well, what, what about this? Who are you in the absence of all your concerns? If you can find that place, if you sit with that question long enough, in the absence of all your concerns, right? We all are really identical. We are this inner watcher. We are this, this seat of the soul, if you want to call it. We're just these, this collective conscious that is only here to witness. It is peaceful. It is love. It is nothing, nothing really that holds good or bad. It's just here. It's our beingness, right? Our inner beingness. And so getting there is really critical to returning home. You know, when you're in the midst of all the chaos that life brings and it wants to drag you here and there and take you, you know, to suffering and take you to the highs and lows and everything in between. But the, the inner beingness that we can tap into at any moment by asking ourselves that question, who am I in the absence of all my concerns, is the part that keeps us on track actually after you know under all of it it's just we are here like I am period and that's a miracle in itself that's so interesting because I'm in the middle of reading this book I don't know if you've heard of Dr. Joe Dispenza yeah yeah I'm sure we're well we're obsessed with him here it's a me 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 podcast (laughs) (laughs) I am (laughs) and everyone knows I talk about him all the time and I'm obsessed I just have you done his breath work Oh yeah, the seven minute one. It's it. I guess you like. It feels like you're doing Kegels, like all the way yeah. up to your brain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm obsessed. I I do his meditations all the time. He is. It's he's really helped change my life, and and you know, I DM him all the time, and he never answers. But it's okay. One day. Love <laughs> <laughs> it. Gotta yeah, keep trying, girl. Yeah. You, there yeah. you go, um, Joe. We're all three of us. We're going to energetically pull them in. Yeah. <laughs> no, but honestly, I, I love this book and I'm reading it uh, right now. And it's very similar to the online course of his that I did. But when you were saying just being like conscious and being just awareness, not being your problems, not being right. your personality, your gender, your whatever, just being consciousness. You know what he says in the book is that that's the optimal place of creation. So in it those is. meditations that he gets us to do, um, you know, he, you want to be in that place of just consciousness of being in the eternal black space. Right. Yeah. And it's like so confusing at first for people listening right now that have no idea what we're talking about. Like, trust me, I felt the same when I first heard <laughs> about it, but, um, you know, just being, just being in the present now. And when you're yeah. so purely in the now, you're not thinking about, you don't even have a personality, right. Because you don't even know who you are because if it's just now you don't have a past. Right. So, right. um, you know, I love what you said there because it really just uh, it's sim- similar to what he says, you know, just being pure consciousness. And the interesting thing is that that's where creation happens, you know, like to Absolutely. have blank slate and just, you know, create whatever you want in your life. You have to start from that. And I kind of before we wrap everything up, I want to talk about law of attraction, manifestation, energy type of stuff. I want to hear both of your opinions on that. And if you've ever had any cool manifestations happen in your life since you started in this whole spirituality kind of consciousness vibe. I feel like whatever you 
it's almost like whatever you say, then the universe just says yes. So if you're constantly saying like, I don't have enough or um, you're using um, low vibrational words, then the universe like has big ears and says yes. But if you're saying like, this is what I want, this is what's coming to me, then like the universe says yes to that. So I do, I do believe in manifestation in that sense. I also really, really um, value being intentional. And I know a lot of men in relationships don't like that because they feel like it feels forced. But I feel like there's a difference between um, obligation and intention. Um, it's like knowing your partner's love language and intentionally making her feel loved versus, um, you know, making it into a chore and it feeling like an obligation. It's you're doing it out of love and you're just being intentional. So I feel um, like in my own life, um, I've, I've worked hard to be intentional um, by like future self journaling, like making, like writing out my life in um, present tense, um, the way that I would want it to be. Um, and I like to do that like about every six months, but I think that the most effective example I can give is that, um, being a single mom of two toddlers, uh, uh, about a year and a half ago, um, I, I knew that I didn't want to just like go jump in the dating scene and give my energy to whoever. And so I took an eight month celibacy and started, um, at the time, I don't recommend this at any other time at the time I did monthly ceremonies to aid and speed up my healing. Cause I didn't want to choose the same partner, um, with a different face. I didn't want to, um, carry in the death from that relationship into the next one. So I was very intentional with this, um, year, you know, year of singledom, if that's a word. And so I was doing, um, monthly ceremonies and I was being celibate to like really, and not only with sex, but also with, um, um, like alcohol and other things that I would typically use to numb myself after a breakup and, and masturbation at first until ayahuasca was like, you need I, to I think masturbation for six months. <laughs> yeah. I think for six months. And then I think, um, yeah. And then, um, the plant medicine gave me homework of like, this is a form <laughs> of self care. Um, so, um, so I was very intentional with that, but the, um, the part that I think would, um, play into the manifestation is that I also wrote out a dream partner list, the way that I did the future self journaling. And I said, this is what I'm available for. And I wrote out 18 traits of exactly what I wanted in a partner. And I remember showing like the first guy I had interest in, who was actually a relationship, um, therapist. And he was like, mm, I think you should narrow it down to four. And I was like, four, like for my life partner, like I, I can't narrow it down to four. There's no way. Um, because I really knew what I wanted. And so, um, I was really, really intentional with that because that's such a big area of our lives. And, um, then there's so many synchronicities in the story that I feel like I'm leaving out, but I ended up, um, meeting someone on, on hinge, a dating app, which isn't there. I laugh because there's that meme that's like in your twenties, you say, um, if, if it's my partner, he'll come find me or something, or like I'll, I'm going to go out and I don't know. It's some meme about like, it'll just happen. Yeah. yeah, It'll just happen. And then, um, in your thirties, you're like, 
he'll find me on my couch because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you're, you're just like that you're, you're over it in a way. And I, yeah. So I, um, I listened to a Lewis Howell's podcast, um, about dating apps and it just really got me intrigued. And so I got on and he was actually my first match. And, um, we, within like a week, I had told him like, which would probably scare most guys, but I told him like this, I'm not, I'm looking for my life partner. I am not going to waste my time or my energy. Um, I actually have a list and I'm being very careful. And he, instead of him like being like, God, high maintenance or like, you know, like, geez, she's moving really fast. He was like, Oh, well, let me see the list and I'll, I'll make, I'll let you know how I I'll grade myself and I'll give you my honest, you know, assessment. And, uh, and I was really wowed by, by that, but, um, anyhow, he had 16 out of the 18 traits and, um, he's worked to, you know, work towards the other two to be the perfect 18, but, um, but yeah, so that's, uh, that was about a little over a year ago and that's my partner now. But, um, so I do fully believe in manifestation, but I, I, I tend to lean towards the word intentional. Love that. What a great yeah. story. And that. <laughs> So amazing. And, you know, it's so, I, I just want to say, you know, when I first met Ben, my life partner three years ago, you know, we've both evolved so much in our relationship too. And he at, at first, you know, was what I wanted then. And then it's evolved over time with what I want now, you know, so mm -hmm. for people listening oh, yeah. as well, you know, like, like if they have most of it, most of the ticked off things on the list, it's maybe just a few that you still want just, I guess, patience as well as, is yeah. definitely. And yeah. also if you feel like you found your dream partner, it doesn't mean it's an easy relationship. No. You know, it still comes with its really hard times. So um, that's another thing is like, I think we get idealistic and think like, well, if it's my dream partner, it'll be easy or like he won't trigger me or, you know, we get all of these, I like preconceived ideas going into the relationship and, it may feel like that for a little while, but then, you know, reality hits and then that's when the work comes. So mm -hmm. it definitely doesn't mean that you're finding an easy relationship. Yeah. So just totally to clarify agree. that, because I know um, if I were, uh, when I was in a relationship, I wasn't happy. And if I would have heard that, I would have really like compared in my mind and things like that. So totally. All right. Mercedes manifestation. What do you think? Yeah. Uh, I, first of all, I just love that Jade's not looking for a 10. She's looking for an 18. She's, <laughs> <laughs> she's gone way above and beyond. Um, no, and, and Tom is great. And I think she, I mean, it's hard to describe the story here, of course, but just in witnessing all that went down to get her to where she is today, it was a full blown, uh, peek into what manifestation looks like. And I guess for me, I'm like peeking in from the outside, you know, watching her story unfold with that. And it was literal. I mean, it was the way that, I don't know, you see in the secret or something like that, we're talking about <laughs> law of attraction where it was like, okay, I'm going to do these steps with this intention. And then, you know, that will open up to something that I want to call in. And it did. So, and in the midst of it, there's all kinds of, you know, struggling and stifling and all kinds of things that we do to ourselves, but she kept through and did it anyway, you know? And so it did end up creating what she was looking for. Essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So for me, manifestation, so manifestation, I do 
Um, let's see right now, what comes up for me as I say that word is a quote my mom has always had posted on the wall, which is we are not left to our fates without the ability to affect the outcome. And she's always had that on the wall. I think it's her own quote really. And, uh, but it's, that was your Twitter bio when I met you. Yeah. my Twitter <laughs> bio. And so it's something that I've always thought, like I am creating what I want to call, you know, I, I'm the creator of this. And that seems, she also backed that up. My mom, my mom, a lot, a lot of uh, mantras and quotes come from my mom. I I noticed just generally, but um, she also backed that up or balanced that out maybe by always telling me, Mercedes, you're not the center of the universe. The world does not revolve around you. So those are two very contradicting statements, right? Like we are supposed to be the, the God of our universe right of our own personal universe where we manifest what we want we call in what we want and then at the same time humble yourself don't be you know the 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 person who thinks that everything's happening specifically for them those are literally directly opposing (laughs) things and so um again i caused me to find myself in the gray area uh in and i say gray area with intention because i think everything in life happens through contrast in the binary world that human beings have constructed for ourselves, right? We have one or the other. It's always black or white. It's this world of these two extremes, but the reality is all life pretty much cruises in the middle in the gray area. So I say for me, um, really understanding that manifestation is about being the thing you're trying to manifest which again, sounds contradictory because how can you be it if you want to get there, if it's a destination? And it comes back to this thing that uh, one of our friends of the show again, um, Tom Shadiak says, which is you already are. Yeah. So if we already are what we are trying to manifest, then it's just a matter of peeling back the layers of the onion and getting to a place to, of remembering. Again, it's about, pulling in the members of what you actually are and remembering the whole being that you're attempting to strive towards. So it's actually not that you're on this linear path, you know, time is an illusion, guys. It's not that you're on this linear path that one day you're going to be the enlightened one, one day you're going to manifest the man of your dreams, all those things that we convince ourselves is the way things are going. It's that you are it now, and it's about figuring out how to do the healing work, figuring out how to do the internal work, figuring out how to do whatever it is, emotional, spiritual, physical, that you need to do to get yourself to remember that you already are that. That is what your soul is. It's what it's made of. It's what all of our souls are made of. The knowingness that we are that thing that we seek, we are what we seek. And so being it experiencing what you're looking for is I think what we're after. Now, how do I get there? That is, that's again, is it, how do I get there? Because right. I'm like taking myself from one Mm -hmm. place and trying to go to another. Well, for me, so trying to deconstruct time, like going from one place to the next, waiting for time to pass so that I can finally become that thing. My human mind doesn't have the ability to really, transcend time at this point maybe one day again see how i just said one day (laughs) but um what i can do is do the things like jade saying with intention that make me get a glimpse of 
oh shit, I am the extraordinary wild woman that I see in someone else that I've always been envious of. Uh, get a glimpse of, I am the wife and partner I want to be to my husband that I'm always trying to work on becoming. And so how do you get those glimpses? So there's things that probably everyone can turn in, tune into like a sunset, a sunset, usually like a beautiful sunset will give everybody that feeling of like euphoria, feeling of like, wow, how blessed am I to be here? So anything that really creates gratitude, I think is a way that we get to tap back into that place in us that remembers that just being is what it's all about. It is the thing that makes life worthwhile. It's purpose fulfilling. It's all the things like my little 11 year old self, you know, existentially was questioning. It's the answer essentially is just realizing that you already are a blessed being with all the things you could possibly want. It's just getting, finding ways to be in gratitude in that moment. And then I would just leave with this is that my personal um, experience, especially over the last five months, let's call it for quarantine, you know, this time we've been all stuck indoors. I took personal instruction from COVID to go inward um, because I happened to be at a part of my journey where I was trying to hone, trying to actively hone my intuition, which is also contradictory because of course I already have it. I just don't know how to listen to it. You know, I had to learn these things and hone the tools really. And so at that time I said, okay, COVID is literally telling me to stop where I'm the busiest person in the world. I try with intention to not glorify being busy, but I do it anyway. COVID said, stop, go inward, shut it down. Right. Okay. So then I hired a therapist so that I would have a therapist appointment every single week. I did this for five months now that we've been in quarantine and I dream journaled every single morning for the last five months. And I have extremely vivid dreams. So I knew, I kind of already knew I had been dream journaling here and there when I had to have a really extreme dream or something that really stuck with me. But when COVID happened or the lockdown happened, I took that as one of my tools. So like some people journal in the morning, they do like stream of consciousness journaling or some people meditate in the morning. So what I do is I dream journal and dream journaling comes with this, this, um, uh, essentially you have to be able to remember your dreams. And in order to do that, you can't wake up to an alarm clock. You have to lay in bed and basically recall the dreams while the dopamine and the melatonin and things that are, that are settling out of your body as you wake up um, dissipate so that you can actually continue to recall the dream and then remember it enough to write it down in a journal because those hormones that happen to put us to sleep also are what erase our dreams later because they create this fogginess. So we don't hold on to as much memory. So anyway, so I'll lay there in the morning and I, and sometimes it wakes me up in the middle of the night and I got to go write it down right away. But, um, I usually lay there in the morning and I recall my dreams for the first 30 minutes, depending on how many dreams I remember. It's usually now two to three dreams a night. And the more you do this practice, the more you will remember. And so now I'm journaling two to three dreams a night. And as the five months have unfolded, the way it's allowed me to look into my subconscious is changing my life at such a, uh, rapid state and creating the manifestation piece for me at such a obvious way that it's 
it's just beautiful. And I think because I've always had vivid dreams and I've always had dreams that like even will tie to my sister and my mom's dreams. Like, so I knew my dreams already were something for me to use as a gift. And then we had people on the show who were dream experts, who were union psychologists and people who use that union theory of dream um, psychology to unlock their subconscious. Uh, because in our dreams, our subconscious is telling us stories that we need to look at shit basically that we are not that we're probably too busy to look at in our waking life comes up in our subconscious and it comes up in really distant um uh you know distant uh relations i don't know how to say that exactly but in ways that are not specific like it's not exactly obvious on the surface but if you look into it and you write it down the writing down literally transforms it into what your subconscious is trying to tell you and sometimes okay. it seems so silly like one time i had a dream that i was hanging out with snoop dogg and i was like oh that doesn't mean anything and eric Gotzi, who is a is amazing that we've had on the show a couple times was like i beg to differ yeah. like, i think that it means that he was like, well, what is Snoop Dogg? Like, what do you think of when you, when you think of him? And I was like, well, he's just so goofy. And he was like, well, it's your goofy side enticing you to hang out with that part of yourself. And so it's like, even like things like that, where I'm like, oh, I had a dream. I got with Snoop Dogg. Like, it's just like a funny dream. It can actually mean something if you dig, you know, deep enough. Yeah. So that's been my work for the last five months. And I have seen stuff unfold because of doing that intentional work, showing up for myself every day to do that specific work or every week with the therapist, um, where if we want to talk about manifestation, it comes through the intention of showing up for yourself, showing up for your healing, showing up for your integration, your self-integration and remembering. Cool. Wow. I'm like mesmerized. I love talking to both of you. I can't believe it's been an hour. Like this so quickly. It's so fascinating to hear your perspectives and I want to go binge listen to all of your episodes (laughs) as well. I feel like you guys have had some really amazing guests and I want to hear more about all of this. So where can everyone find you? Obviously, you guys have your podcast, The Magic Hour, with a J, not a G. Mm-hmm. And um, Mercedes and Jade. <laughs> yeah, Mercedes and Jade. So what are both of your Instagrams? How can everyone connect with you further? Yeah, so um, The Magic Hour, spelled with a J, is is how you would find it on all platforms. And we're pretty active on there. We release a new episode every Monday. And then our own personal pages, um, mine is at the Jade Bryce and hers is at Mercedes Terrell. Cool. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I had the best time and I know my audience is just going to be like in awe at how much you both know about spirituality and I can't Mm -hmm. wait to delve into it more. So thank you both so much for coming on. Thank you. Thank you, Mimi, for your show. I listened to a few episodes and it's really something that I think is changing the lives of people who listen because you're, again, like similar to our show, you know, you're putting out a platform or allowing a platform for people to come and share truth that is not always talked about. It's not always easy to talk about. And then sharing tools and tricks and things that allow people to further their own healing. Obviously, we're all about that. So I'm glad to just know a light like you is out there doing some shining herself. Yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs>